You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you been learning about dental sleep medicine? And are you thinking like, how do I do this? Where do I find the best learning? How do I implement it? How do I reinforce it? Well, if you're thinking any of that, I brought on the expert today, good friend of mine, Dr. Steve Karstensen, and he's a great learner and a great teacher, and he gives us some great insights on how to find the best learning around dental sleep medicine. Please listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You know the jam. I say that all the time, but it's true. Our job is to find the best experts, best teachers, best thinkers, best speakers in all of the world of dentistry. Bring them to you. Share some knowledge so you can create a better practice and better life. And I'm again going to do that with a dear friend of ours, Dr. Steve Carsonson, who's been on many times before. He's been a great teacher, great mentor for me. And we're going to be talking today about the overwhelming choices that a lot of you have to make when it comes to dental education, sometimes specifically when it comes to dental sleep medicine. Steve, thanks for being on, brother. I always appreciate you. I always have fun when I'm here. So thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So I want you to help us think through this. Now, the journey on education, I've been doing this for a long time. You have too, is you know, we're both CE junkies. There wasn't a lot of choices back in the day when we got started. There were a few. Now the choices are overwhelming. Kind of, let's talk about the why and where we are on the map with choices in education. Sure. When I started, there was the, a sleep disorders dental society, then became the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine. And that was pretty much the only place to go for getting some formal education for or this this small part of dentistry, the the dental sleep medicine part of dentistry, and that's what I'll talk about the most today. But uh, nowadays, though, as dentist demand have said, I, I got to learn more about this. And when I go and speak at a conference or something, many many dentists come up and say, "Well, that was a great hour and a half, but that was a great two hours. Now what? Where do I go next?" And it doesn't take long to get a whole list of place of choices of places you can go of mechanisms of formats. 
you know, Kirk, at Accidental University, you have quite a few good lectures about this part of our subject. And of course, you know, tons of other stuff too. So that's a good choice. But if you wanted a formal education in dental sleep medicine, where do you go? So I, I kind of did some research, did some looking around, and and I've got a few things to say about some of the choices. Now, guys, I want to start by saying I do not know all the places you can learn about dental sleep medicine. And I don't have an opinion about all the places you can learn about dental sleep medicine, but I can, I think, offer a little bit of guidance here for uh, somebody who's new to it, somebody who's taken a lecture or two, somebody who's is just knows is out there and is curious and where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can also say this about dental sleep medicine. It's not going away, right? Nope, nope, it's and, getting better. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, right. you go, you go. And what were you gonna say? And the, uh, yeah, it's not gonna go away because it's so important. The Even the medical profession is facing up to the fact that they don't have enough doctors to take care of this. There's only a few thousand sleep physicians out there. There's a couple hundred thousand of us. And the numbers that they have of people at risk are so huge that they need us. And, and we need to be good partners that do be good doctors, do good medicine. So if you're going to do that, you, you, you sure, you can go to any number of uh, manufactured sponsored courses and learn something about this. You can learn about appliances. You can learn about instruments. You can learn about uh, some ways of doing practice. But if you want a good scientific education, I think going to one of the universities or is or ones that are organized like a university work a lot better. Uh, start. Let's start with the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine. They have a mastery program now. And, and I've looked, as I've looked over that curriculum, that's the one I spend, I guess, the most numbers of comments about from my lectures at a conference. Because you can go there, it's pretty cost effective, thanks to the pandemic and everybody learning about how to do online teaching. They've got a good mix of virtual and in-person uh, lectures and workshops, so it's not one or the other. Uh, because virtual learning is, is really good, but hands-on has its big pluses for reasons I'll talk about in a little bit. So a uh, mastery program at AADSM, and I looked it up, it, it's it's. $6,500 if you're an AADS member, and you get a ton of education for that. And here's something that's really vital, Kirk, is that they have a whole team uh, course there too. Because no matter what the dentist thinks they want to do or can do, you know, it's so important that the team understand the concept as well. Right. Yeah. And I know that's really important at uh, university too, and, and how you teach is because nothing happens without the team. So yeah. I, what I really liked seeing on that AADSM site was the fact that they have a whole team course there too. And that's virtual. So the dentist doesn't have to spend money to fly their team to Chicago or any other place. So that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times if you're, if you're the dentist, you know how this works. You can get all excited. You come back and they like wait for your excitement to fade and they'll go, let's just keep him busy for a little while. He'll forget about this. Even if your team is all on board, translating that experience through you is difficult. There are people that are great teachers. There are people that are not. And I don't, I always tell people, don't try to be something you're not. If there's a great teacher out there, let's just borrow, let's just learn from them, right? Yeah, but but one of the exercises, though, to, to get the knowledge based um, into your head really well, to make it part of you, is to teach it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Look how much you and I have learned by, do, by being teachers. 
Yeah. I mean, we start with knowledge and then we help share that with somebody else and that helps cement in our own head. So that's a that's actually one of the tips I was going to talk about in a bit is for adult learning is turn it around. Tell somebody else about it. Tell your team member about it. Uh, if you have a colleague that you've made a pact with, uh, a, 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 a what is that? A, a pact where you're going to learn something together and you're going to hold each other accountable for the learning. You can share that back and forth. And at the very least, you can do uh, any dentist out there. If you don't have anybody you need to teach, then teach yourself by picking up your phone and recording a teaching episode to yourself. Yeah, you know, saying it out loud is something that, that brains like for learning things. So, so back to my kind of my list. So we have ADSM. Uh, another company out there that does this is the American Academy of Sleep Disorders Dentistry, ACSDD. And uh, they have a, a online uh, certification program. It's only 13 hours. So I think that might be a little bit limited, but they do have advanced courses with fellowship and, and, dis and diplomates that go a lot more. And very importantly, they make you present cases. So the learning there comes hands-on because you have to talk about your experience in your clinic. And when you do that, you're going to be taking notes in your clinic. You're going to be examining what you did. You're going to be talking it over with your team member and saying, well, what went well here? What didn't go well? These are all great learning opportunities. So I, I really like that, that case presentation portion of the ACSDD. Yeah. You can't hide with that. You have to, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I way back when, when at ADSM, American Board of Dental Sleep Medicine, when I got my board exam, I had to present cases there too. And, you know, some work out well and some don't work out well, but that's, that's, you know, that's, that's like medicine. I mean, medicine doesn't always work out, but the experience is what you learn from. Yeah. Okay. And there's a, a, a couple of them, three of them that I found that are based strictly at uh, higher education there. The longest term one probably is Tufts. And Tufts is a, a, just a great program up there. If you want to get the academics right, go to Tufts. They make you learn a lot of, of uh, papers. Uh, my partner, Dr. Perry Magnuson, uh, went through the Tufts mini residency. And, you know, it's, it's hard work, which is okay, because that's, you know, you get a lot out of hard work, but, but they, they give you papers, you have to, you go to clinic, you go through rotations at the, in the pulmonology clinic there in Boston, and you have to present on cases, you have to present on what you learned out of the paper. So it's a rigorous program at Tufts. So some dentists like to, to take on a course like this and challenge themselves. I, I want to be the best. And so how do I make it the hardest possible uh, achievement so they can be proud of that one? And I think Tufts would be into that rank. It would be the most difficult one. But man, imagine mastering that one and feeling good about yourself. That sounds fantastic to me. Absolutely. Yeah. University of Michigan has a mini residency now, and it's populated by professors and practicing clinicians. Another thing I liked about that one, it's about 100 hours. And it's a mixture of bit virtual and in, in office or in the in, in Michigan. And so I thought that worked really well. And it's certified for the AADSM uh, mastery track. So you can go to Michigan and get uh, coursework there and achieve a mastery designation by AADSM if that's important to you. Yeah. So that's got to be a good one. And I took UCLA's years ago. UCLA's is a mixture of pain and sleep. It's five weekends uh, down in, in San Francisco. I'm sorry, geez. Oh, they'll hate me for that one. Los Angeles. And um, 
run by the pain program down there, but also has some visiting faculty as well. That one's pretty cost effective too. Five weekends in Los Angeles is only about four thousand dollars, so that's compared that's favorable compared to some of those other programs. Tufts is twelve, for example. And then there's you know there's several others out there, mostly sponsored by a manufacturer or a, a, some kind of vendor. Uh, doesn't mean you can't learn something great from a vendor-sponsored program. It's just that what are you going what you're going to learn is kind of how the vendor sees things, which includes a positive thing from the vendor. So right. as long as you know that going into it, you can learn stuff there. It's no problem. Yeah, 100%. Now, these are great resources. But Steve, you, and I should say, Ann, I won't say, but, Ann, you have a process for selecting these, which one might be the right format at the right time for anybody listening. Yeah. So, yeah, because what's happened, I, speaking from personal experience, I've gone to these to courses across my whole career. And I come back and I realize later on, man, Steve, what are you doing different because of that? I think it's because I wasn't disciplined enough going into the coursework. And these days, if you're going to invest the resources to go to Tufts or to go to ADSM, any of those ones I talked about, any of the others, then what are you, how are you going to make sure those resources are well spent? Because you've got time into this. You've got expertise. You've got uh, dedication. to You've got money into this. So the first thing to do is to look at your dental sleep medicine um, part of your practice and think, what's missing here? What don't I know? What, what, what do I need to learn to be more comfortable? Is it the literature? Is it the medicine behind dental sleep? Is it the appliances? Is it the testing program? You know, what's missing for you, from you? And when you've identified what's missing, okay, now let's, where can I find that component? And then you go looking for the best place to learn that component. And anytime you call up a organization that's teaching something, ask them for some alumni and do your homework, kind of like hiring somebody. You know, it's, it's foolish to hire anybody these days without calling their previous employer. So don't sign on to an expensive program, especially that you have to travel for, without talking to an alumnus and say, okay, what did you learn here? Were you, you know, you know their experience is going to be different than yours, but was the teaching effective? Did you come away from there thinking, I've got mastery of this, I can do something different? And what have the, been the rewards in your practice since you took that class? Did you have a lot of people coming in saying, wow, that was great? Did your team accept it? You know, that's all on that other doctor maybe too. But if they come away saying, you know, I didn't really learn anything I could put into practice straight away. Well, then that may not be a good investment for you. So just, just kind of decide on what's missing. Try and locate the best source for that. And then pick out a budget. Years ago, uh, when I was teaching for the Pride Institute, uh, Amy Morgan had a wonderful way of organizing a year. She said, Steve, and, and we would teach it to others, uh, sit down and plan out your year. You know, how much money do you need to make? And you back down from there with your overhead and your cost of, of doing business and you figure out how many days you need to work. And then you can start plucking them into the calendar. Right. If you have to work so many days, and I know, you know, Kirk, your group teaches this, you know, up one side and down the other. But uh, but if you have to work 156 days in a year to make your, your numbers, well, put the 156 days wherever you want. That way you can afford to take the time to go to 
uh, AADSM meeting or to Airway Palooza or some other uh, time-based meeting that you have to travel for without thinking you're missing work. Yeah. So, so you decide on a budget that way. And when you have a budget, like a dollars budget, you know, you let's call it, uh, I'll make, what number do you guys use when you teach uh, business for CE, Kurt? Five percent? Yeah, yeah, 5% would probably be about reasonable for the people that we see. We do see it more than that. And I like to think of it as not as an expense, even though you will expense it. I like to think of it as an investment. You know, Jim Rohn, who's the great speaker, not the not the sports guy, but the great public speaker used to say, never begrudge the money you spend on your own education, you know, because it comes back tenfold. And I totally agree. I mean, if you're going to invest money and we've said it on the podcast many times, you're going to bet on anything. Don't bet on technology. Don't bet on marketing. Bet on you, you know, like. Go all chips in on you and your team. And um, when you start to do that, you're going to see the investment, not only in the return on the outcomes, but you're also going to see like, you'll find it keeps the fire lit. So a lot of times CE, you know, you're learning what you already know, but at a deeper level, or sometimes you learn things you didn't know, but really what comes out of it is you come back on fire, you know? And I think that's the thing that people don't often realize is I think what you're saying is absolutely spot on. Um, and I just, I, and you also meet so many cool people. You meet other people that yeah. are trying to figure this out and what you'll find. And have you found this too? You're on this path with them. They're so willing to help you. You're going to meet a dentist from Cincinnati. Then you're going to need another one from Fort Worth, Texas. And then another one from Georgia. And they're going to be like, here, do this. Like, here's my form. Here's what I use. And you're like, that was worth the trip right there. See, because when you go to a conference, say say the AADSM annual conference, there's great lectures at the conference, but there's also great conversations at the conference. And if you go down to the exhibit hall, you can look at a product and you can learn, learn about the product, but then you can learn about the product from the, the dentist next to you. You know, how did you, how was your experience with this product kind of a thing? Just what you said. And then the other thing that I, I like to point out is that when you're a learner, when you go out and learn something new and you you take the time to put that into action, you become, you can tell yourself you're a learner and you're an action-based learner. Yeah. And the positive affirmations is something that can spur you on to do better and better over time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a mindset. You and I, neither one of us have a mindset of of sitting back and doing the same thing over and over again. That just doesn't compute with us. I, I can't figure out how anybody does that. But if you want to change, if you realize you're kind of stuck a little bit or you have this this enthusiasm for learning something else, you can build on that by reminding yourself that, wow, I made a plan here. You know, I chose a budget. I, I put the money down for this education. I went and I made it work and I came back and I did something different. That's yeah. the kind of dentist I am. Yeah, that, that helps you out quite a bit. Yeah, you're 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 speaking my jam here and. You know, when you talk about learning, one of the things that we say internally at Act Dental, like we've developed our our statement around our avatar human being to work with. You know, and if you're a dentist listening to this, you're going to figure out who your ideal patient is. And it's really important in your journey creating a business because your favorite people usually care about the same things that you care about, but you've identified them. You're like, this is my type of person. And so as a coaching company, we love the lifelong learners. And so... 
a lifelong learner to me, just they're hungry, they're curious. My least favorite person that I meet in dentistry is somebody who has it all figured out. They're not interested in learning. They, they know the answer to everything. You know, they don't listen. They don't. So and it doesn't make them bad. It's just not somebody I want to hang around with. So what this means to me is, I mean, you're, you know, I've been to so many things with you. You just, you just see people that are curious. They're hungry. They're always, and Pete Dawson was one of my favorite. And yeah. uh, one of the things he told me at the ripe old age of 24 is he's like, don't ever tell yourself you have it all figured out. He's like, I learn from these guys and gals all the time. And I'm 64. So he was 24 when I was 60. I was 24 when he was 64. And I've never forgotten that. And he, he did. He always learned from people. And it made him fun to be around. You know, I go to some of these meetings and I see people. Well, here, here's an example. I, I just did the American Dental Association's Children's Airway meeting last summer. And in the uh, room there, we're talking about kids airway, is a dentist named Michael Alvarez. Michael Alvarez from California. Uh, and he was there to learn how to treat kids. I said, Dr. Alvarez, you were one of the initial trainers of me 27 years ago at the American Academy of Dental State Medicine meetings at the time. You taught me about all these different things. I'm so honored that you're here in the class that I'm putting together for the ADA. He says, Steve, I'm so excited. I'm learning about treating these little kids. And doctor, I don't know how old Dr. Alvarez is, but but he's not he's not a young guy. And um, he's there learning something new. And so, I mean, the energy from that was amazing. And I had all these young dentists there. And I was uh, from the podium. I bragged on Dr. Alvarez, you know, being so dedicated to come learn new stuff and being such a role model for the uh, young ones in the audience. And, you know, now at my stage of my career, I, I wasn't the first round of educators about dental sleep medicine, but I learned from those guys. Yeah. And so it's so fun now to train uh, and expose and uh, make available some of this learning to these young dentists, because I see them turn around and do amazing things. Dr. Lauren Ballinger out of uh, New York, she's a pediatric dentist, and she's coming up and up and up about uh, learning and, and becoming a big time uh, lecturer herself. Sharon Moore, Shireen Lim, uh, Laurie Nahadis, they're not all women, but a lot of them are, I guess. And uh, they just they just soak it in and then they turn it around and they they shine it right back out. And there's nothing better for an educator to see than that. And so if you if you dentists out there listening to this or thinking, okay, how do I, I got, I'm getting started though. I, I just want to learn about these things. And let me tell you a little bit about how adults learn stuff. And I, I think this is fascinating because uh, you have to be disciplined if you're going to put this to actual work and get actual return on the budgets that you just set. And if you're going to spend this time, if you're going to create a mindset that I'm a learner and I'm a doer and I'm going to make action, I'm going to make people's lives better because of the reinvestment I made in these education programs. And I'm not going to regret spending $6,000 on that course or 12 on another course. Then here's how you, here's some tips for you. First of all, uh, it's important for you to choose a time that you're going to be a learner. And then be really disciplined about that. Make that sacred time. If it's Friday morning from two hours from nine to 11, then just your world becomes that from on Friday morning from nine to 11. And you don't let anything interrupt it. If somebody calls and says, let's go play golf. No, your time is from nine to 11. And then you become a disciplined learner, another reinforcement for your brain that way. 
And then you have to be focused that time. So make sure that you're in a place where there's not distractions. You know, you don't do your nine to 11 time at the kitchen table with all the kids. You know, you have to be somewhere where you can focus on this and you don't let emails and other things get in your way. So you have to be really careful about that one. And it's so difficult these days. And a great little tip that came out of a book I read called Brain Rules. Uh, from It's a few years old, but it's a fantastic little book. It says exercise is critical for how our brains learn. So if you can exercise first, and so if you're 9 to 11 on Friday, for example, you get up that morning and you do a little bit of light exercise, uh, then your brain is just so filled with oxygen and ready to ready to go. So that helps out. If yeah. you can do your timing that way, just make sure you're doing exercise a couple of days a week. Your best learning is going to become around those times when your heart rate's been up for a little while and you're coming yeah. back down. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, I mean, I totally agree with that. And some of you listening, you know how this is. You've organized your schedules that Friday is your learning day. And you, you know, self-awareness is also important. I'm the most distracted human being on the planet. I have the attention span of a gnat. And like it can easily go. So online learning is not my favorite. I will do it, but it is painful and I need to be focused. And I often won't do it at home only because my house is like a circus. It's fun. It's a lot, a lot of loud, kids coming in every minute. Um, and then uh, I do like the idea of going somewhere and learning because once you've made a decision to get on a plane, you're giving yourself permission to be there. Now, you don't always have to do this, but again, the, the lesson I probably share is that you got to know yourself. When I go to a course, you're there, you're meeting people. You might be checking your phone occasionally, but no one expects you to help with lunch today or what's going on tomorrow or give kids a ride or anything like that. Um, and then you also put some stress on yourself. You're like, okay, I am, I'm out of town for these days. I better get something out of it. And I can't remember who told me this years ago, but one dentist said, I always try to write out what I learned and get a plan in place before the wheels hit the runway in my hometown. It might've been you that taught me that. I don't know, but I love that. Like before the wheels touch down, I got to have a plan written or else the investment doesn't get maximized. But I want you to keep going, Steve. This is great stuff. Well, actually, that was the next thing on my list is that adult learning happens when you engage more senses. Mm. So that means if you write down what you've learned, then even if it's notes, but write notes about what you've learned, it helps you organize your brain and it does very uh, important things in how your neurons uh, set away those those learning experiences. And so do you think, well, that's silly. I just I know this. I don't have to write it down. Well, you do and write it down on paper, which means, you know, pen and paper. You don't type it into your computer. That's not the same thing. Right. So write it down on paper that engages more senses because you can hear it, you can see it, you can watch it develop. It's just a, a how the brain works. Remember, our brains are have evolved over you know lots and tens of thousands of years, right? Well, computers haven't been around for tens of thousands of years. They've been around for a hundred years, which means that the things that we take for granted in technology, our brains haven't kept up with. And so the fact that we can do a Zoom meeting doesn't mean our brain is ready to learn like a Zoom meeting, just what you said, Kurt. And so you, you write down what you've learned and put some little stars by the, the big, important ideas. And I'll tell you why in a second. And then after you've read, written down your thing for that day, that, that you know, from 1030 or 1045 of Friday morning from 9 to 11, you've written down what you've learned. 
then you turn around and read it out loud to yourself. Just read your notes out loud because that way it engages your hearing as well. So you got more uh, repetition that way. And then, like I mentioned, if you can take that and teach somebody, so your accountability partner, you call them up and you say, okay, at 11 o'clock on Friday, we're going to call each other and we're going to talk over what we learned that day. And make it short. You don't want to teach the whole lesson for two hours, but you want to talk about, give them some highlights and summaries of what you learned. Why? Because it makes sure that you're going to do it. And also it puts that other reinforcement back in your brain again. And then here's the fun one. Hand, uh, at another time, not that time, but another time, you hand those notes over to somebody and you say, ask me questions about the things I put stars by. They don't have to be hard questions. It's not a, it's not a test. What it is, though, it's a reinforcement exercise. Right. So if they ask you about the, you know, the third star and you go, I don't really quite remember that, then you can look at the notes. That's fine. It's not, again, you're not passing a test here. You're just doing an exercise that for adult brains helps you re- remember that information. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would imagine once you start doing it too, it reinforces what you were taught earlier. Now, a couple of things I just want to piggyback on. And I always say this, you know, when it comes to books and courses, you got to think about this. Some people have spent their whole lives writing a book yeah. and it's, $9, you know what I mean? Or like it's $20 or somebody's developed a two-day course on everything they've ever learned in 30 years of doing this. Wouldn't it be valuable for you to sit in that course and get to know them and ask them questions? And you'll find this too. Tell me if you agree, Steve, your favorite teachers, they have a heart of a teacher. They have a heart. They they're almost like your favorite high school teachers. They love seeing you grow. They love seeing you come back. And so when you email them after you've tried a few of these things, they email you back and they go, I know I was there too. And you got to keep going. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't know who said this too, but you can't, you can't learn how to swim by watching video. You know, you can watch the video. You can learn from swimmers, but you, there's a certain point you got to jump in the pool, start swimming and then go back and watch the video and then go back and learn from. And that's why a lot of these college kids now, cause I have several of them, they do the blended learning. It's like in person, it's in group, it's in lecture. They never, you know, solely isolate on one format it's amazing how the college system has gone to blended learning and it's very, very intertwined now. Like even with tutoring, it's all, and my daughter even told me this, I'm going off on a rail. Like she's like, now, even at the university of Wisconsin, they have these large, they're, they're trained to go into smaller groups so that they can do exactly what you're talking about. What did you hear? What did you hear? I heard it differently. Um, So I love this, Steve, any other I have so many other questions for you. So keep going, but I'm interrupting you with random thoughts. No. So I'm happy to hear what you your daughter's experience was because at the ADA Children's event this last summer, then we had um, on purpose short lectures and then discussion time. And the energy in the room was amazing because I had all these young people in the room and orthodontists and pediatric dentists and primary care dentists, everybody was there. And as soon as we turned it over to discussion, the room got really noisy which was fantastic. That's exactly what we wanted because that's how people want to learn these days. So if you're a young dentist watching this, then know that you want to find places that allow you interactions with somebody else. So the videos are fine. Do those. Uh, American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine. I love that group. 
they have 230 some odd videos you can watch about different things. So you can watch the videos, but watch it with a friend, watch it with somebody you can discuss with. And I know that takes organization, but there's that focus again. There's that setting aside time again. So the discipline of learning means you get at least one other person you can watch the video with, and that experience will be much better for you. You'll spend your time uh, more effectively. You'll spend your money more effectively. That's part of the deal. And you'll come away with it knowing that you're a better learner than just if you had the video on. And by the way, you were also vacuuming while you were watching the video. I mean, so it's the other things that distract us that keep us from fulfilling our, our full potential that way. So adult learning is fascinating to me. And, and so as we learn how to teach things better, and Kirk, what you said is exactly right. I mean, I've learned from some master teachers, many of which have been on your program. You know, the Mark Murphys, the Amy Morgans, the, the, um, the well, Pete Dawson, um, you know, any number of Panky faculty, uh, Lee Brady, all these wonderful people have talked about um, their subjects. And I study how they talk about their subjects. I study how they're doing this and I feel how they're doing it. And when you feel from an instructor the passion for what they're teaching, then you know you're getting some great stuff that is worth paying attention to. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and the bigger global thing that I think about what you just said, Steve, is that's the, one of the coolest, my most favorite things about this profession is the willingness of everybody wanting to pay it forward. And it's an incredibly noble industry. I mean, even Bill Robbins, who I've quoted a million times on this, he's like, you know what our job, one of the first times he put me in a headlock, took me to the bar at Seattle Study Club. He goes, remember, or never forget, our number one goal is to make the campfire and leave it, leave the campfire in better condition than we found it. And he says, everything you're learning, I want you to pay it forward to the next generation. And I think of all the things I could have done in my life. I'm so grateful I went into dentistry because this incredible profession is just filled with people that want you to be better, want the next generation of dentists to be better. So if at any point you're listening to this podcast going, I haven't found that, I would just say, go back and look at what Steve told you at the beginning. And I would say, you're not looking in the right places. You're looking for love in all the wrong places. Like once you find your group, your, you know, um, your tribe, your study club, your, you know, community, you'll know it you'll feel it and you'll go, this is my place. Like these people are speaking my language. It does so much more for you than just education. It fuels your fire. It makes things better in your practice. You'll find you're going to help patients with more comprehensive solutions. The profession has more meaning. You'll feel more connected to the people around you. Um, I could go on and on and on. But you, you're the guest here. You tell me. <laughs> well, you know, what you're saying is so true. And I think back to my early experiences in this, going to Panky Institute. You know, it's not for profit. So nobody's making a ton of money going down there. You don't, as a faculty member, I've been faculty for a long time. You don't make money as a teacher down there. That's not why you do it. You go because you have to, because it's just yeah. part of you to be, to share that way. And you're around all those other people like that. So that kind of a foundation looking for nonprofits, uh, looking for uh, places where it's not going to be, you know, six figures worth of money to, to get started on a, on a, on a profession is, is ways that you can help to filter and help to find the places you're going, the people, the people really that you're going to connect with. Yeah. As you go to these meetings, you know, create, create an environment, take a friend, make a friend with, while you're there, vow to get the most out of the meeting, make that connection. 
and share that information back and forth with that connection you've made. And it, it just turns into a whole nother experience. Some resources that a dentist that's wanting to learn about this can come, can, uh, can go to, I think, and there's, I don't know how many books, there's dozens and dozens of books out there. And some of them are about uh, dental seat medicine, like the best one probably uh, for the science of it currently is Sleep Medicine for Dentists by, edited by Gilles Levine. That's a fantastic book. It's, it's the second edition, been out a little bit. I got I to gotta say a little something about myself here. Please. A couple of years ago, um, Ken Burley and I wrote uh, the Clinician's Handbook for Dental Sleep Medicine. And I'm very happy to say you can't, unfortunately, you can't buy uh, that. That one's not in print anymore because we've submitted all the chapters for the second edition, which will be out by May next year. We hope. I just talked to the publishers today, and we're going to try and get it pushed out by the AADSM meeting in May next year. And then a, a new book that's out too that if you have a comb beam, if you're curious about imaging, then Dr. Dania Tamimi, has she been on your program? Yeah, I just interviewed her a couple of weeks ago. She's brilliant. Isn't she wonderful? Well, yes. she talked about her book. Yes, she did. So, so that's a fantastic book. And it's a, look how big that is. And it's it's huge. So it's expensive, but it's but man, what a tome, what a resource. And so you, you get a few books like that, and then you can start to always have a, something to go to. And a little tip that you can do that I love to pass along is for a dentist who wants to learn this is, yes, get a focus time. You know, again, I've made up Fridays from 9 to 11, whatever time works for you. But you do have time that every day you think about a sleep problem, a dental sleep medicine issue, a question. You talk to a patient, you're curious. Find a book, open it, read, learn something. Read a paragraph. Read a chapter if you can. Read, just learn one fact per day. And you're going to gain a bunch of knowledge that way. Just just have that in your head all the time. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, I'll, uh, you'll appreciate this. So Frank Spear, years ago, I took the Practice of Excellence course, I think like eight times. I don't know. <laughs> he would let me in for free. Thank you, Frank. When I had no money and I was just kind of getting started. And he said one thing to me. And I, I was like, oh, that makes so sense because I would struggle getting through books. I still love reading books and now I listen to Audible, but he said, I'm usually reading three books at one time. I'm like, well, I can't even read one. Like, what's your seat? He goes, I don't get through books. I get from books. And I'm like, what does that mean? He said, I usually have three. I got one on the nightstand, one on the toilet, one in my backpack. And he, he said exactly what you said. I'm not like trying to trudge through them. But I'm just trying to get one nugget, one little thing that'll inspire me. And that I've held on to for years. I still trudge through books. I'm actually trying to get through one right now. And at the same token, I hear him barking in my ear going, I'm going to find one nugget today. One thing that'll just kind of inspire me and add some context to my learning. Yeah. And then the other thing we need to do is get outside of dentistry and learn about learning, learn about uh, creating a good kind of an attitude about what we want to do in life. And yep. this, this book here, um, I got a lot out. Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which is not a book that a ton of people, you know, not every dentist wants to read. Uh, but she wrote this book called Big Magic, Create Living Beyond Fear. Man, what a powerful book that is for me. What's because it about? It's about how to set your mind to where you're not uh, holding yourself back from success because you're afraid that you'll fail. Mm -hmm. And when you believe in yourself, when you believe that this is the right path, when you, when you have confidence, 
you've done the steps necessary, magic happens. And when magic happens, then you can look back and go, wow, that was cool. And I did that. And that makes more magic happen. So when I was talking about, you know, choosing a budget and doing it correctly, when I was getting an account, uh, accountability partner, when I when you finish a series, when you finish a, a, an episode and you go back and you, you tell yourself, wow, I'm the kind of dentist that learns stuff. I'm the kind of dentist that puts things into place. I'm the kind of dentist that wants to create experiences for my team and my patients that help them feel better about themselves. That's when magic happens. And I so completely agree. Yeah. So when you learn about learning, when you learn about how to create that environment in your head to make yourself a winner, to make yourself a, you know, the kind of people that, that does good things, well, then that helps you do more good things. I love it. I love it. Any other thoughts you have? Um, and did we cover your process for learning things as an adult? Anything that we left out? Oh, how much time do we have? Uh, we got so plenty of time. <laughs> the network will not censor us because there is no network. Well, you know, there's there's things to learn in, you know, the downstairs. There's those books I mentioned, but there's also things to learn outside of dentistry, but are adjacent to all the things that we learn about physiology, about breathing, about uh, being a good doctor for your patients. And Bradley Bale and Amy Donin, I don't know if they've been on your program, but they've yes. this most recent book, Healthy Heart, Healthy Brain. That one uh, has a ton of resources about how to think about your patients and how to really help out. I think last time I was on, I might have mentioned Outlived by Peter Atia. That's yeah. a great book. I and just, wait, it's crazy. I just started reading that this morning. Now, yeah. I'm a slow, I, you know, I have a stack of books. And actually, that book you just shared, it's on the floor next to me. I can't reach it. Um, and um, Outlive, which you mentioned last time, I just got through the first chapter. If you're listening to this, you got to listen to it. I'm completely hooked. And I can't wait to read. Like, it's one of those books I can't wait to keep going. Right. Because what it talks about there is something that, that dentistry needs to take to heart. And that is that we have evidence behind what we do, but we also have to be good doctors and we have to apply what we know to the person in the chair. Dr. Pankey said it in the 1930s, you know, apply your knowledge after getting to know the patient and knowing yourself and knowing your work. And that means that we have to take that knowledge base from the books that Dr. Tamimi wrote and the lessons that we learn at Tufts or, uh, and the, the business plans we learn at uh, from Amy Morgan or from Act Dental, Dental. And we have to take all of that knowledge base, but we have to mold it around and through our own filters, we apply it to the person in the chair to make their life better. That's evidence-informed medicine, according to Peter Atiyah. And I just love that term mm -hmm. because it allows me to, to be the best doctor I can be. You know, and that's that's kind of what I want to do. It's what I want to inspire other people to do is be great doctors for their patients. Now, we call ourselves dentists, but, you know, and there's that dentist-doctor kind of thing. But you know what? These days, as a primary care dentist, you're not just doing oral health care anymore. You know, if you're the type of dentist who, who pays attention to more things, and Kirk, I'm a firm mind that there is a range, there's room for a whole range of dentists out there. We need plenty of dentists taking care of cavities still. We need plenty of dentists taking care of periodontal disease. We also need plenty of dentists taking care of whole people 
Yeah. And, and so being good doctors for everybody, and there's more and more of us, American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine is filled with those people and American Academy of Physiologic Medicine and Dentistry, APMD, that runs collaboration cures every year. Next year in September in Reno, we're going to have doctors and uh, physicians and dentists and myofunctional therapists and all kinds of people in one group learning from each other, because that's the best way to go. The second edition of our book, uh, of the Clinician's Handbook for Dental Sleep Medicine, same title, but we're going to have, I have a whole chapter by Brad Gilden, a physical therapist. I have Patrick McCowan wrote a chapter for me. Uh, Joy Moeller and Samantha Weaver uh, wrote a myofunctional therapy chapter for me, and I've got a chapter on objective measurement of nasal breathing. So all these areas that we're learning about, what, what we're applying our knowledge to, that we're being good doctors for our patients as good primary care or specialty dentists also. So we're not like doing medicine, we're doing healthcare, yeah. which is critical. Yeah. I love it. I love it. There are people that fix teeth and there are people that change lives. It's not yeah. the same business. By educating yourself, following this process, you'll think more of you, more of what you do, more of the profession. You can do more for the people you serve. I love it, buddy. Isn't that great? I yeah. love it. Every time you're on, I get fired up. So um, <laughs> thanks for being on. I want you to tell a story too about the World Sleep Academy, yeah. you know, and how it impacted you. And I, I just think that's a cool story. And I really want you to share that. Sure. The World Sleep Society is what it sounds like. It's, it's a physician's dentist. Every sleep-oriented healthcare provider in the world can be part of the World Sleep Society. Well, one of the leaders of that uh, called me up one day and she said, I have the World Sleep Academy. Well, what is that, Dr. DeRoso? And it's the fact that they realize there's physicians and other healthcare providers around the world who don't have the resources from their country to go into an institution and learn something. So they formed a faculty as part of the World Sleep Academy to teach these people from around the world. So they had lectures every other week for a year. And Dr. DeRosa said, we need a dentist. And so I'm the dentist part of the World Sleep Academy. So I had a lot of fun talking to these people from all over, small countries, countries I'd never heard of, countries I knew about. And so we did you know, a couple of lectures, some nice discussions. And then at the, I got some emails, like you said, they reached out to me and they said, can, I, can you help me with this? And of course I would. So we had our wrap up meeting, our, our Congratulations at the end of the curriculum. Everybody's done. And they're going through each one of there's like 50 people on the call. And one of them said, thanks to Steve Karstensen, the, uh, a dentist colleague of mine is placing the very first oral appliance in the country of Georgia because I'd helped them make decisions about that. And so I thought, man, that's cool. You know, that we're able to introduce a whole range of possibilities for the people in Georgia that previously didn't exist. And that, that you know, to have that kind of a, um, well, I mean, I'm not trying to take credit for anything, but but to have that kind of an impact is really cool to me, you know, as an educator, to have yeah. that feedback was kind of fun. Yeah, and I always say that's like the ethos or the path or the, you know, the the motivation behind any teacher is just like one person doing something Right. And um, celebrating it. It's worth the trip. It's worth the lecture. It's worth, you know, it's worth the effort. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. And any dentist out there, I mean, I, 
I'm so happy that people come up to me at lectures and they say, you know, something you said a few years ago, and here's what I'm doing now. When I look at some people around me, I mentioned Lauren Ballinger and Lauren Ahadas and, uh, and oh, I could go on and on. Uh, the people that are now taking charge, they're, they're putting themselves up in the front of the room. They're, they're organizing meetings and they're doing things to make a bigger impact because they've been motivated by, by things that they might've started just by hearing a lecture you know, from somebody, from me, from somebody else. And to see that go on, knowing that that's replicating what the, my mentors found in me, I mean, that's really a, a part of, of what our profession has been doing since Dr. Panky and others started trying to go around and say, guys, you could do it better than this. And what, how, how, much, how much better could we do than to create a profession that has a huge impact on whole person health using 200,000 of us because there's only a few thousand sleep positions out there. When we can make people breathe and sleep better, their health gets better, their lives get better. There's everything gets better when you can breathe well all the time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to find that motivation. Yeah. Well, Steve, as always, I'm so grateful to have you on. Any last thoughts? Well, you have uh, an... oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you go. Well, coming up, um, Three, three big events next year, I think, are going to, four, I guess we can call. Uh, Airway Palooza happens in, um, in March in New Orleans. Uh, again, kind of a collaboration meeting. It's put on by a company, but, uh, but the environment is really exciting there. And then American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine in uh, May uh, comes up where we can get together with a ton of other people. And this year, Kirk, they're going to have a pediatric course the day before. Last year's meeting, there was just a outcry because they didn't do enough for kids this year they're going to have a whole pediatric focus the day before the actual meeting in new orleans so that's a wonderful thing that they're going to do we have collaboration cures in september uh next year where again a bunch of other different healthcare providers coming together through the aapnd and aosh american academy of oral systemic health and then our ada children's airway event happens the end of may also uh may uh, 30th and june 1st in chicago so lots of cool places to learn more stuff. That's awesome, buddy. Um, I know that people are listening to this. are going to want to learn more about what you do or come see you speak. Where can I find more of you uh, or, or follow you uh, yeah. if I'm listening to this podcast? Well, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, Steve Carstensen, DDS.com is my website. And so we're trying to keep that up to date. That's, you know, Kirk, that's harder to keep up to date than I thought. So, so we're trying. But Instagram and Facebook, I know we're posting a lot on that. And that's really kind of fun. Yeah. Well, maybe we can do a separate podcast on that alone because I agree with you. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot. So, um, well, buddy, I'm so grateful. Stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button. Keep sharing share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. We're going to keep lining them up and keep bringing them to you so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? 
Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.